everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Ticket Podcast. I'm your host once again, Matt. I am joined by Dean, Joe, and Mikey. That's the order they're sitting next to me. Yeah. Hey, Guys, we... There's a, you heard the music? <laughs> Man, I'm very excited. A lot of storylines here. Week one, after the division previews, after the player props, finally, finally got to week one. After and bodybuilding episode. Ready, as a, let's cut the chase. Is anyone ready to win some money? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I'm ready to watch That's what we're here, right? Like, and we're going to watch like football, money, course, but like we want to win, too, obviously. <laughs> guys, I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. Obviously, I think it's, you know, I could see the excitement on your face. Everyone yeah, looks right. like they're ready to kind of give their, uh, their insight. I've been smiling all week. So if you guys, of course, if you guys haven't checked out, a quick little plug. If you haven't checked out our division previews, um... I don't know what you're doing. I think the season's starting now. You kind yeah, of lost your, you lost your window you to get, do that. You got but a if day. You, so. But if you want to binge, feel free. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Feel free to check those out before the uh, the game start. And just because the regular season win total props uh, may be down by the time you're listening to it as the season is finally upon us, that does not mean that those episodes now go out the window. Um, it's always fun to lo- listen back and see mm-hmm. where we were way right and where we were way wrong. For example, if Mikey's Seahawks are uh, pro- are poised for a, a playoff run, then you, could, those wins, though, dude. then you could jam <laughs> it down his throat. So there is definitely some uh, replay value to those to kind of see where, we, where we're where we at and to give you some insight as to where we're picking weekly. Definitely. Who knows, maybe if the Redskins are actually decent, I've gotten some <laughs> backlash for that take, but if the Redskins turn out to be pretty de- decent um, and I start picking them, I'm not a fraud, uh, things change, I'm allowed to, I think Dean will uh, I'm allowed to adjust my to weekly yeah. because we have some uh, contests between the panel that you'll be hearing about later, so oh, yeah. I want to win above all. Which is kind of the reason for why we did this podcast to begin with, is because we wanted to prove who is the better man, not just the better gambler. Who is the better human being? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we want to track everything. We want to be able to, uh, you know, show our worth, our betting knowledge, and our uh, overall background and what we know about the uh, the NFL. So make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at the Winning Ticks Pod T I X and on Instagram at the Winning Ticket Pod. Of course, Dean's been killing it in some soccer bets. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get into that obviously in a later episode catered to soccer. Obviously, we know we're here for American football. American uh, is that is what we're covering. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. it matters. Hey, honestly, yeah. <laughs> winning is winning. And um, the other day, if you do, if you are following us on mm-hmm. Instagram, I was nine out of thirteen. Even though I will say this though, my losses I were very small value. All my other ones were 10 units, so I was up a lot. And actually, it's not just soccer. I also bet um, on the WNBA. I actually won both games. One I didn't live bet because I have a future on the Washington Mystics who are now in the WNBA final. And I know what you're saying. Oh, a betting podcast. They probably put futures on everyone and just post the ones that hit. That is incorrect. I am not spending money on the WNBA. So I put a small bet on the Mystics because Elena Deladon was my bay in DraftKings all the time. Absolutely. So let's go Mystics. So let's get let's get into a quick rundown of what this episode's going to entail, of course, and pretty much what you can expect from week to week basis with these episodes. We're going to start with our best plays. Um, the guys are going to give their top three. The next, we're going to go with the two total plays. Third, we're going to be our derivative bet one each. Fourth, our DFS plays. And then, of course, we're going to end with a lock tease fade segment, which I think you guys should definitely uh, keep your eyes close on that one because I think there's going to be um, a lot of great value and a lot of, of course, opinion there. So, guys, ready to get into it? Absolutely, man. Oh, yeah. I got to actually, right out the gate, me and Dean have a disagreement here with one of our best bets. Mm-hmm. So, okay. we have um, nine total best bets. I think we repeat every now and again. We're yeah. all sharp, so what would you expect? Yeah, exactly. And if you really think like, oh, okay, 
we're we're pulling our top four. We're going to start with our three, and then we're going to give you our locks. Mm-hmm. It's okay if we all have the same lock because we have the same slate of games with the same spreads that mm-hmm. you do. Um, unless you wait forever, and same then information get, available, and then you get everybody. that Falcons minus one and not plus five and a half. Yeah, like a chump. <laughs> so um, it's okay to repeat because we are just trying to give you and us the best value plays to play. Definitely. So whenever we get a head to head where we're actually against each other, that's really cool. So my first best bet is going to be Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point dogs, and I know Dean has the Chargers here. I have the Chiefs. So who wants to go first, man? What do you, what do you got for me? Uh, convince me, chopping at the convince me of the Chargers. To get started here. Convince me right now, and I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. If, if I can say this one stat, this might... Blow everybody's sure. socks off. I'm kind of wearing here, socks, so somebody so. convince me because I'm, I'm pretty new. <laughs> That's fine. Right, cool. so, so first off, did you know that the Chiefs have swept the Chargers the past four seasons? Yes. So we have a just a straight-up talent deficiency here. I did not know that. Well, Second play, they're 176 and 93 against the Chargers all time. There's a, a just a dominant – obviously, you can't go back to the 70s and 80s. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But there's a dominant culture against – the Chargers here by the Chiefs. That is my first take here. Yeah, so it's interesting that you bring up past stats. Um, I'm going to sound like a huge hypocrite because <laughs> I a lot of my data that I'm going to be providing in this episode is just kind of reviewing some of the trends. So it's not to say that the past doesn't matter, but I think things like overall win-loss records against each other, it's very siloed and very uh, convenient for your case. It's not. I don't take a lot of credence into that. Like again, wh- um, what was the total record between the two? So again? it was it was 176 and 93. No, I admit that's mm-hmm. including the, yeah. literally the 80s. Okay, so that so I'm going to throw out all that besides the fact that they got swept the last four seasons. Seasons. Yeah. Yep. Uh, completely agree with that. But I will say this: the Chargers are much improved. And actually, if you if you take a look at it and just go with what's going to happen on Sunday and not what happened in the last four years, I really think maybe that's a little bit of a motivational piece. They know that they get swept. I know, for instance, um, when divisional teams kind of win always in your building and, and um, things of that nature, For one thing that comes to mind, and sorry, I've been trying not to shill as much, but <laughs> one thing that comes to mind is that the Lions are undefeated in the new U.S. Bank Stadium. Right. So you think that they're going to circle that game and say, no, we got to defend our house. And that's the thing. You know, the Chargers are home, and actually looking on teamrankings.com, the Chargers' home advantage, they actually, Vegas puts it at plus three. So that's kind of why the plus three and a half, the half point is kind of like a public um, line that they kind of just, everyone's betting the Chiefs. Now, there are a couple tips that I like to go through, and of course, you know, none of it is completely ironclad because there are outliers and everything. But one thing to kind of avoid are newly shaken up teams, and I think having that quarterback change with Patrick Mahomes starting his first ever NFL game against the Chargers at home, they're primed and ready. A lot of people have Super Bowl expectations for them. I really think that the Chargers are just going to come out and kind of take care of business. Now, that's not to say that three and a half point line is actually really good because I, I do see it being a close game. It's not going to be a 10 point swing in, in either direction. Yeah. But I could totally see a touchdown or something like that where where um, it's the experience and veteran leadership of Rivers versus Mahomes on his first game ever. Now, that's not to say that I'm never going to touch the Chiefs this year, but I just think for week one, the toss-up game at home, I, it's just Opening kind of it's, it's all seeing yeah. a little bit too convenient for the Chargers. Okay, so your two main points. Uh, the Chargers' home field advantage. Every team has a home field advantage. The Chargers, however, is probably the worst in the league. Vegas mm-hmm. gives them three points, like you said. Really, it's closer to two or two and a half if you look at some of the games. And if you look at last year, all of us here were able to make some money off the Chargers 
um, being a little undervalued on the road because they're overvalued at home. So you'll see me take the Chargers on the road uh, a decent amount this year. So I think you might actually get a free point here already. So this has the potential to be a four and a half just because of the Chargers home field situation. So I don't agree with you there on the home field. As far as Mahomes goes, when we look at athletic quarterbacks who have no tape on them in the past, let me read you some of these names, and you'll notice a lot of these guys are actually not that good. But you look at their first year and their first couple of games, they really produced well as if they were because they were huge-bodied guys. That kind of sounds weird. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's, that's normal. You yeah. love your to, to Matt, that's, that's good, man. Yeah, that's a standard. Fine. You, you know? love your huge body. Jameis Winston, very good uh, rookie season. He had that one game where he had like the six, five, six touchdowns against the Eagles. Dak, we almost started off very hot. Mm-hmm. Even Andy Dalton had a good – I wouldn't consider him big and athletic, but I just I looked at height, so he's kind of taller <laughs> than most. That's not the guy I'm leaning on here for this example, believe me. Andrew Luck, Cam Newton's MVP year. Absolutely, he f- has fallen since his MVP year. Now there's tape on him. RG3 literally isn't in the league anymore. Generally speaking, he's pretty much out yeah. of the league, out of a starting spot. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick, you look at a huge body, huge athlete, all of a sudden people get five, six games on him. Now he turns out to be eh. So yeah. I think that Mahomes – has that type of athleticism mm-hmm. where he benefits from being a rookie here. No, yeah, and that's something that I, I typically kind of lean towards where a guy with no tape on him, that's kind of where you see a lot of um, those boom plays kind of uh, reminiscent to Deshaun Watson against the Bengals that Thursday night game yeah. where he dazzled. I, I totally see that point. And, of course, that's not to say that, oh, no, it's a you know mortgage your house, the Chargers are killing them out of this game. I, I mean, it could very well go either way. That three and a half, you know, I'm not 100% in love with it. But here are some stats. To openly to, um, dispute what you said about the Chargers home field isn't good, that's the eye test. You know, last year, points per game at home, they averaged 25.6 points per game at home they also average 5.3 yards per play so if you really think about it they're getting chunk yardage so it's where does 5.3 yards per play rank do you is that um, like would you say that that i don't know if that's average or not um well compared to the chiefs at 4.8 yards so per it's play, just better than that it is so it's, it's a little bit better okay. so basically okay. I, i'm kind of valuing that also um you know using current stats now again i said brought up last year's um numbers uh, once again, but I will say this year they got a couple new, not new, but they got a couple pieces just kind of settling in a little bit more. I really think that that twenty five point six points per game, I really could see them scoring around there. Yeah. And then it's a matter of again, it's a matter of if Mahomes has this freak of nature game where they don't know what to do with him and he, he's getting free. I mean, if you think about it like this, you know, last year first couple games they didn't have Joey Bosa. Who knows what the yeah. the, the game plan might be? To hey, we got to spy him. Also, I, I'm really seeing that the Chargers stop the run a little bit better um, and they throw the ball a little bit better. So it's one of those things where I can see this being a, a tight game, a 20-20 game going down the final stretch. The Chargers, you know, key offensive stat, they throw 58.9% of the time. So it's one of those things where they could get those chunk yardage. Um, yeah. So basically, and you're making great points, but my whole reason why it's one of my locks is they're home, it's going to be tight, and then if Rivers ends with the ball, that's a win. Period. All right, if it was plus three, I wouldn't take it. I would have found a different one, but I think that half point is pretty huge because of the fact that it's divisional and it's going to be tight. I like that. I like the whole last-second field goal game that the Chargers kind of always seem to get into. Now, that's not exactly a stat. I think yeah, yeah. we watch Chargers games, and it seems like they're always close. Mm-hmm. So I look at three and a half, and I'm like, okay, check mark for the for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs yeah. have a shot to win outright. So I'd say that mm-hmm. the takes that I'm leaning on the most wouldn't be the Chargers' poor home field. I, I have that in my mind. I'd like more data on that this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to lean on Mahomes, 
Um, just a better matchup and the better coach. And then I'm going to like the three and a half instead of the, mm-hmm. the three. Giving and, the three. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And, um, you know, you're making great points. That's kind of making me reconsider this as mo- one of my best plays. That's what friends are for, uh, man. Um, I will say this, though. Um, my final point will be that the Chiefs kind of, um, the taste in your mouth, the flavor of the Chiefs, mm. it's changed a little bit. I mean, they lost Marcus Peters. Definitely. They've, um, uh, again, they've lost Alex Smith, old reliable. Who knows? Maybe to counter the point, maybe Mahomes goes out starts throwing picks. There's a chance, uh, yeah, The yeah. Chargers defense is a little bit better than they were last year. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm seeing it go the other way. So, Mikey, would you like to judge this? After being uh, somebody give me a gavel, um, I would say that was your hand. No, you're, that, was good. that was a fly. He's gavel fist. <laughs> I would say I'm leaning Chargers here just because huh. I think that the uh, – You must not like money, dude. <laughs> the big thing for me is the Chiefs have a putrid, abysmal pass defense. I think that uh, Rivers and Keenan Allen and the, the uh, and Mike, passing game – Mike Williams. Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, uh, who's healthy now, yeah. I think they're going to put on a show. Uh, and you will see that reflected when we go into our DFS segment later on. Absolutely. Cool. Look, great points. Um, Matt, what about you? What's your take? It definitely doesn't sway my opinion. I think you guys are both chumps. Anyway, back to Matt. <laughs> I think the big obviously, again, just to kind of keep it short, it's obviously I can look at a couple different things with this and say, you know, maybe opening day Mahomes is taking over. He's a starter. Like, he's got – he's your first-round pick. Like, it's it's not like he's a third fourth round pick where it's like pe- people he's are not overlooking Lynch, people you know? are over yeah. they're not Maybe like it's else. not that they're overlooking him again I think you look at him, he's a first round pick he's taking over Alex Smith who had a good year last year for the Chiefs a really good year probably his, statistically his best year yeah and then he's having to play against a really one of the most in my opinion underrated quarterbacks of the past mm-hmm. what 20 years again take away the fact that he doesn't have a ring and maybe not obviously that playoff success the numbers that he's gritty he has everything to back up really not having that much of a supporting cast around him kind of back and forth he's been losing guys so i think again the guys make great points for me i i like the chargers in this yeah and not to hang on the rim too uh, (laughs) (laughs) i actually i actually looked it up um so the chargers average 5.9 yards per play chiefs average 5.1 yards per play so still pretty good so it's just you know 0.8 yards per play that's a season-long average from just 2017 and also the chiefs defense gives up 5.6 yards per play so it's kind of you're mixing you know, bad de- or and that was with Marcus Peters. Right. So now you're mixing a um, a little bit worse of a defense with the same offense that, if anything, is a little bit bigger. Gotcha. Uh, they will be bringing back Eric Berry. They lost him in Week One, so I think that almost cancels Marcus Peters. Obviously, it's a different position. It's not exactly. Yeah, I completely a, different. I, I completely disagree because one's a cover corner that will be following Keenan Allen. The other one is kind of just in the middle of the field. Eric Berry has followed people before. He followed Gronk in that game until he got hurt because mm-hmm. he's a bigger body yeah. type safety. Yeah, but Gronk's no Keenan Allen. Also, I don't know the X's and O's. I mean, I'm sure they're going to use Eric Berry yeah. to his best ability. If right. they decide to shadow Keenan Alley, Keenan Alley, excuse me, Percy yeah. Alley, 70%, uh-huh. then, then whatever. Look, I did a lot of talking. Let's let Mikey take over. Yeah. Mikey, what's, what's your two, volume? You seem quiet over there, Mikey. Uh, yeah, one of my best bets of the weekend. I have the Houston Texans plus 6.5 in Foxborough against the Patriots. But tell me why, Mikey. So as we mentioned in our preview uh with the Patriots and the AFC East, uh, the way to stop great quarterbacks like Tom Brady is to get pressure on them. Uh, now the the Texans have J.J. Watt and Clowney both healthy until they get hurt again next week, obviously, because uh, that's going to happen. <laughs> right. They also got uh, uh, Matthew, turn Matthew from the uh, Cardinals to kind of bolster their pretty garbage secondary. Mm-hmm. So I think you combine those two things, they're going to have a much better defense. On the other side of the ball for the Texans, uh, Watson's healthy again. 
um, you don't know how healthy his legs are going to be moving around, but he still demonstrated last year how good of a passer he is. Especially against the Pats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you get uh, – and they, they almost beat that game. If it wasn't for classic Tom Brady throwing a touchdown. Yeah, in the last you ran into him. Yeah. Um, and that was Watson's, I think, third or fourth game in yeah. the league. So, you know, you get Fuller and Hopkins back uh, on uh, both sides of each other. Um, Lamar Miller is still garbage, so that's unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the Pats oh, run is nothing to it's. They, they yeah, match yeah, up well. Yeah. Both who? Trust yeah. me, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be um, Dante Foreman or whoever because last year it seemed like Bill O'Brien was just looking for anyone to get the ball. Yeah, yeah. Lamar I mean, Miller. Foreman's hurt until mm-hmm. I think later on in the year, like yeah. week eight. It'll be like someone else. He'll find someone outside Alfred the stadium. Blue. Yeah, <laughs> he heard you got Lamar yeah. Miller in fantasy again. But um, one more thing I want to touch on: the Patriots of this year are not the Patriots that we've seen. Tom Brady's forty. One. Edelman suspended. Chris Hogan is a lacrosse player. Uh, they had their number two receiver is uh, who is it? Philip Dorsett. Ready? Yeah. This is not the the Patriots dominant they're, team. They're going to use Rex Burkhead as like their their guy. He's going to be the slot receiver. He's going to be the running back. He's going to be everything. I don't even know if I like that. He's still questionable. I mean, he might. No, not. he's healthy today. I, I have him on every single league because I'm a, I'm a Rex Burkhead buyer. And just just wait. I, I put that in the back of your mind. You know, kind of chew on that, romance that flavor a bit. Because uh, look for a big game from Rex Burkhead. And uh, you know, if I'm wrong, you could totally just dunk on me. Next I'm going su- <laughs> to sue you if you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm. Open to lawsuits, but but um, it's actually interesting that you mentioned that they're not the Patriots of old. Um, you know that's something that as one of my main tips of teams to avoid, especially when it comes to week one, you want to avoid aging teams because you don't know, um, you know, will this be the year that Brady doesn't look like Brady? Last year, week one, Kareem Hunt massacred them. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that's not Tom Brady's fault. But at the same time, you never know, um, you know, like you had mentioned with the wide receiver deficiencies, maybe he doesn't have the same ke- the same chemistry that he does with Chris Hogan, Brad Hogan, Hulk Hogan, whoever it is. <laughs> um, he doesn't have the same chemistry with that, the Philip Dorsett, the Patterson. I mean, we're just going deeper down um, the laundry list. It's actually funny. When we recorded the AFC East, I had mentioned um, Kenny Britt and Eric Decker. And they both did not make the team. (laughs) One one got cut and the other retired. So kind of funny. Well, yeah. if no one wants yeah. you and and you don't have a job, I mean, yeah. technically you're retired. It's I guess. like saying and you have Bow- to be old. It's like saying Lil Bow Wow retired from rap as if we didn't make that. <laughs> yeah, right. I think Aaron Carter retired as well. <laughs> um, it's it's funny though. I will say this. I think that Vegas is kind of overvaluing Watson. I feel like when they see that and they know last year's game, they think, "Oh, here comes Deshaun Watson. He's going to throw for five touchdowns. He's going to run for another eighty yards. He's going to DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is going to score twenty points." It's it's kind of similar to what Joe said in the props episode. No one wants to wake up and say, oh, this guy's going to come out to a slow start. This guy's going to have a bad game. It's much uh, more attractive to say, yeah, I predict DeAndre Hopkins is going to have 400 touchdowns today. You know what I mean? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm sounding a little bit like Anthony DeFuzio right now. <laughs> but um, I actually did some stats because um, one of the tips that I saw, I was just looking you know, through some numbers, and I was like, all right, the four-and-a-half point to six-and-a-half point line, you know, it's between a touchdown and a field goal. You'd think, okay, if I'm getting those points, yeah, that's a little bit better. But really, uh, a four-and-a-half point line, which, of course, is not this game, mm-hmm. it, it's such a full line because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. how many games yeah. actually end up five or up four? It doesn't really matter all that much. Yeah. So I actually ran some, ran some stats. Teams against the spread it, over since 2010 – are 52 and 157. That is anywhere from a point spread getting six and a half to four and a half points, anywhere in there. Mm. That is a 33.12% win percentage for the dog getting the points, right? 
Now, the favorites, obviously, doing math, they're 66% coverage on that, right? So home teams that are covering the, the um, spread actually statistically win a lot more. So that's something to be said. I mean, New England at home, kind of going in, protecting the turf, opening, opening to the fans finally, seeing their Tom Brady. And, uh, of course, the same reason why I'm saying that they, they could win is exactly why they lost last year. Obviously, what Andy Reid did, did to them, he should be arrested because he <laughs> absolutely murdered him. I, I totally see that. But I just think the, the six-and-a-half-point line kind of stinks to me. I agree with the six-and-a-half. I'm probably – I think it could go to seven, just because the Patriots no. are more better. No, seven's team. a different, different yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that so that. funny? It's a half point. Seven, yeah. It's, yeah it's you wouldn't think that it's that big of a deal, but I mean, the Patriots are probably a, a heavily bet on team, just because you know everybody's a Patriots fan because yeah. of all the front runners and the Boston sports fans who are the worst people on earth, except for Philadelphia sports fans. Ah. So, um, but the X factor for me of why I like the Texans uh, to win this, maybe throw a little, uh, a little money line action. I don't know what they are money line. But uh, you gotta have some some good odds there. Probably um, three. The Patriots in the uh, Patriots in the offseason lost Nate Solder, the left tackle, mm-hmm. the loss. left tackle that they uh, picked in the draft to replace him. Isaiah Wynn towards Achilles in the preseason, so he's out for the season. Yep. So now they have, I believe, an undrafted rookie. Uh, he's like a five year in the league, but he's never played before. They'll probably have a janitor um, or someone. Yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> probably me or something. They're gonna sign me. Uh, so then you got Watt and Clowney, either or on that side, trying to abuse this guy. Uh, I think that's, that does not bode well for Tom Brady uh, and that offense. You will not find any qualms with me here. I like the Texans at 7. Um, I kind of like it at 6.5, but what, mm-hmm. what about you, Dean? Are you still leaning to more of the Patriots cover? Um, no, this is something that I would totally fade, honestly. Oh, I gosh, think that 6.5 okay. stinks a little bit too much. I could see it playing out either way. Um, it's one of those things where I feel like just for myself, if I ever bet the Patriots to um, – you know, cover a, a large lead and they end up losing outright, I'd be like, oh man, the Patriots win all the time except for when I bet them. Or conversely, if I bet the Texans and the Patriots kill them, I'd be like, expect, why, was I thinking, yeah, yeah. why was I thinking yeah. anything different would happen? I will say this though, um, and we'll get to it during our totals, I actually do like the under in this game at 51. Again, I think that the line is a little bit inflated because of Deshaun Watson. They think he's going to come back in midseason form. Mm-hmm. I definitely think week one, there's more teams that are kind of slow out of the blocks. Man, you're reading my mind. I also yeah. have that as total, but I don't want to touch on that yeah, well, too much. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you develop that when we get to that spot, but I will say this, though. I have another best play, and I feel like Mikey does, too. I actually have the Titans minus two as one of my best plays. Titans. Again, Mikey likes those. <laughs> again, it's one of those things that I... I don't care that they're on the road and Miami's a home dog. I actually did some number crunching. Miami's 35 and 31 when they're home dogs, so they cover, you know, 35 and, and That's 31. That's against the spread? That's against the spread, yeah. They, they cover that. They actually, as far as the NFL goes, they're the two worst home favorite cover percentages. It's Miami and Oakland. So, and Oakland's actually dead last with a forty point <laughs> with a forty percent chance of covering at home against the spread. So, if you bet if you bet the Raiders, you'd be a professional gambler. Is what you're saying? Like yes. you bet against them. You bet them. The you bet them when they're home dogs, and you are a professional gambler. That's yes. bet against. So, home. oh no, never mind. Yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> there's some. There's too many. Yeah, they, they don't cover. Yeah, Sorry, years, we're we're getting into double work. negatives, and we're yeah. kind of sounding like Joe talking about like strength <laughs> of schedules. But anyway, let, let me just clean this up. Yeah, yeah, clean this up with some good talking points. So, of course, we. Rate the Titans very well on this podcast. This is a Titans friendly podcast. 
yes. I really think that um, kind of the taste of losing last year in the playoffs, I mean, they beat the Chiefs in kind of a funky game. Then they go to New England and get decimated. And now here they are going to beat up on the lowly Miami Dolphins. Yes, they're home, but again, that doesn't really matter all that much. Kind of to your Chargers point, you know, right, I'll right. take them home dogs. I'll openly disrespect them like that. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things, too, where, you know, Dolphins kind of new offense, Tannehill coming back. That's another tip of mine. You want to avoid newly shaken up teams. You got old man Gore um, in the backfield. You got Kenyon Drake, who's okay. Devontae Parker is not a number one wide receiver. So I think this team's, the offense at least, is definitely in flux. And I definitely see my Derrick Henry play, which I'll get to in DraftKings actually. I see my Derrick Henry play being a nice slow-moving, ball-controlled, hard-hitting defense. We're going to see a different Titans team this year with Mike Vrabel as the coach. Um, so I have my Titans giving two. That's fine. I didn't even think twice about that. Yeah, you know, obviously you're, you'll find no argument here from the Titans. <laughs> um, I, I've also seen this. This is, I think, one Titans minus one on mm-hmm. DraftKings sportsbook. Okay. So if you're in New Jersey, you could uh, take advantage of that right. if it lets you deposit because it doesn't let me for some I was going to say, it does not <laughs> let me deposit. Either. I'm all good, baby. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, minus two is still probably a good number. I think people are forgetting. I don't think Tannehill has played in an NFL game in a year and a half. Right? Because he had still an injury luck Two years ago, he got hurt. And then yeah. Matt Moore led him to a playoff. Like, even then, though, he's, he's not a great quarterback. Yeah, and Tannehill, he tore his ACL in the preseason. So I don't think he's played in an actual NFL game in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy with his talent level not playing in a year and a half does Just not bode well. for disaster. Um, I also, getting into the DFS later on, uh, I'll have more to say about this uh, and Tannehill. So I don't want to jump ahead, but while we're hot here, guys, this is my complete fade. You'll see that in a segment mm-hmm. later. I'll touch on it now. Um, I got five or six points here. Nothing excites me about either team. They both have average defenses. Is Mariota fully healthy from his hamstring? Is Tannehill going to do anything? Nope. There's a reason why this was Pickham yesterday, and it's just fluctuating back and forth. Pickham in week one, when I have no extra oomph here for any side, screams me completely fading this game. So, gun to my head, I literally have no idea. You can literally pull the trigger because I'm not, I can't make a decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what's funny? Um, I had mentioned some against the spread stats um, to really boil down into that. Since 2005, when Miami is a home underdog, their win percentage is um, a little bit under 500. It's 20 and 22. So um, just something to say that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are making great points. Like Vegas openly disrespects them, and they don't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just let it happen. But it's, it's, it's actually great that you bring up um, the week one pickums because I have another one of my games um, is Arizona. I got it at pickum. At home against the Redskins. Oh, um, yeah. Today, they're giving a point on the books. I, I used my bookie today because, again, DraftKings won't let me deposit. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, honestly, I'm totally fine floating that point. I think that um, being home, maybe they heard the podcast and me um, def- really digging in my heels, de- defending why they're bad. But this is one of the games that I have them picking up because, um, again, another callback to a different episode. I have the Redskins as my lowest team in football. I really just think that the Cardinals offense, David Johnson, is going to be able to uh, take care of business. And who knows if the defense shows a little bit of life. I really feel that home, and again, when you start a sentence with I feel, and you're talking about gambling, (laughs) that's not a good thing. But I will say, um, just to wrap up the point neatly, I feel like the Cardinals defense plays better at home, mainly because you get the crowd in, you get the stadium noise, offense can't hear the signals. Yeah, definitely. The offense can't hear their signals, they're audible, stuff like that. Alex Smith, new system, newly shaken up team, definitely want to fade. Yeah, so this was actually my lock. So this is, right. I also got okay. to pick them. Um, I think that this is a complete sham of a line. So <laughs> Vegas gives, as you mentioned before, three points 
for a home field. Mm-hmm. So on a neutral field, this would be Redskins minus three. Correct. Yeah, wow. right. So they're saying that the Redskins are three points better than the Cardinals. The team, the Redskins, the team that gave up 134 yards a game on the ground last year, playing David Johnson, playing against David Johnson, him coming back, and he's got something to prove this year. Um, I don't think that that is a fair line at all. I also got the Cardinals at Pickham, and that is why it is my lock of the week. Motivationally, you look at the new coaching staff as well. They're not content with just kind of winning. They're going to make sure they put up as many points as possible. Yeah. If they're up two scores going into the fourth, they're not going to just lay down. You know, if it's a game, it's if, if it's week 15 on a coach that's been there for six years, he wants to win the game. Everyone wants to win the game, of course. Yes. But you know, <laughs> gonna, Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> breaking news here. Now and this just in, the Cardinals want to win. <laughs> so if we go and, and move on here, I think that Mikey would agree with me wholeheartedly based off of his NFC West take. I have the Seahawks at the Broncos here. So I'm looking at plus three. Again, to use your logic before, what you said about a neutral field. This Vegas is pretty much saying that the Seahawks are the same as the Broncos. No, 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 no. no. And when we look up matchup, <laughs> if you just match up, like you don't have to do any stat work. Of course, I will because I'm not a square. But if you just look at who's the better team, the Broncos have more talent than the Seahawks. Look at the Madden ratings, guys. If you need to go any further, <laughs> look at the Madden overalls. But obviously, I'm not going to use that. But look, matchup wise, the Broncos pass rush. Pash, excuse, excuse yourself. Dude. Why can't I talk today? Pass rush is going up against a beat-up offensive line. They didn't fix any of the holes that were the offensive line last year. They kind of got some draft picks, and they're like, yeah, we're better than we've ever been. Like, yeah, of course you're going to say that. To, to clarify, you're taking the Broncos minus three? I am taking the Broncos, yes. Okay. Because I can't, I stumble over my words. Get over it. Yeah, Just, yeah. No, that's all right. You, words are tough sometimes. So <laughs> the Broncos have upgraded their pass rush, while the Seahawks have done nothing about a poop offensive line. Where can I get excited about that? It's the Broncos' home opener. They have accrued some good luck also from last year with things like six special teams fumbles. That's going to even out, and it's not like it's going to even out starting week four. It starts week one. They will get some good luck going this way. I think they match up extremely well. I will take the three, no problem. Yes, I agree with that. I also agree with the fact that the Broncos' offense is going to be better. I don't know how much you touched on that. I did not. Um, yeah, I, I was looking you at you. I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> but they got Case Keenum from the Vikings. Obviously, he's kind of found a resurgence in his career. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders are both still very capable receivers. Royce Freeman looks great in preseason. Um, they have a guy named Jake Butt, which is awesome. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> Sick. They also have a guy, uh, I forget his name, Sutton, receiver. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No. Nice. I've heard he's good. So <laughs> okay, we'll sounds familiar. As the third one. <laughs> Going up against the Seahawks uh, secondary, that's completely depleted. Um, lost Sherman, lost Camp. Oh, Chandler. Sutton, the wide receiver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Cole and Sutton? Yeah, he cut, He does have a weird first name. It might be yeah. Cole. Did you say that? I thought it was Cortland. It's something like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird name. But, yeah, I, I heard um, he kind of looks like Cody Latimer a little bit. Like he's like, he's kind of, like, big and lanky. You're Cody Latimer, aren't Cody Latimer wearing, no, no, wearing, no, no. Really wearing a mustache. Yeah, and um, it's it's actually great that you guys are talking about this because I have this in my teaser. Um, I kind of like the Broncos at home, obviously, but I just like them getting a little bit more points. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not in love with the point spread right now, Yeah, um, giving the three points at home. I will say, you know, again, Getting back to our NFC West episode preview, um, I don't hate the Seahawks this year, but I just really think the way to stop a scrambling 
quarterback is to have great ends. And I think Von Miller and the addition of Chubb, I think, will definitely keep Russell Wilson in the pocket. Russell Wilson in the pocket not being able to scat and run around and flip and do weird things. (laughs) I mean, I think that he's just going to – and when he gets sacked and when he's getting beat, it's ugly because he's running backwards. He has his back turned to the receivers, and he's losing 25 yards on sacks rather than a regular six or seven. So, yeah, I really do look for this defense to really be lights out. And, um, again, I know that recently the Royce Freeman Rookie of the Year talk has actually been going through the roof. I've been seeing that even some books are um, dropping the odds on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I saw, I think he started at 40-1, to 1, and then most recently I saw him at 28-1. to 1. Wow. So it's something like, um, you know, maybe some public actions taking that, that he's actually a pretty decent runner. And that's someone that I completely faded in on um, the draft only because I didn't really know that much about him. So I really do look to see the Denver coming um, the Denver. I really see the Broncos coming <laughs> off to. Yeah, I really see the Broncos uh, getting off to a hot start here at home. I mean, Seattle. It's not. It's just not going to be their day. You got a, a rising stock team in, in the Broncos here, and then you have a downtrend of the Seahawks. If I can say this, if I can propose this one question: If the Seahawks were at home in this game, they would be minus three, possibly minus four, yeah, because so. of the home field advantage. Yeah. that they possess. Mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable about that? At no. all? No way. I would, I would take the Broncos with points all day. I, I just don't really give that much credence to home field, even though Seattle's is probably the best in the league. But it's one of those things where I don't like them getting points, even though it's on the road. I don't think I'm going to take the Seahawks covering at all, unless it's against um, Arizona at home or something like that, or if the season starts shaping out like that. But no, to answer that question, I, I wouldn't take the Seahawks at home. I actually do have something to say about. This um, researching on both of these teams, Seattle was 29th in the league in first half points. Denver was 30th in first half points last year. So this is combined the lowest two first half team total teams from last year. Now, of course, last year they had Simeon, who was injured all year, and Paxton Lynch, who got cut, who is unemployed right now and weighs less than you, if you're listening, <laughs> whoever you are, even if you're four, um, Paxton Lynch weighs less than you. But it's one of those things, of course, it's a different offense. But I really like that 29 and 30th in the league. So I'm going to be looking for the first half under as um, one of my locks of the week once it comes out. I actually agree with that. That's also my derivative bet. Um, I'll be taking either one of the probably the Seahawks under in the first half as well. So my last best play here of uh, Sunday's games, I have the Panthers minus three against the Cowboys in Carolina. Um, As I mentioned before, Vegas gives uh, three points to the home field. So essentially they're saying here that the Panthers and the Cowboys are even. I do not think that they're even. I think the Panthers are a much better team than the Cowboys. Um, just Give a little handicap here. Why, yeah, I will. I will be doing that. I'm just that. leading you on, bro. I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm a sass on week one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the Panthers have a great front seven, and that'll curb Zeke a little bit. Um, obviously, he's still a stud. He'll get his anyway. But uh, they're going to have to force Dak to make some plays with his arm. And with their lack of weapons on the outside, I don't think that that's going to happen much. Um, I'm a little scared of the Panthers' offensive line issues. Obviously, they lost Andrew Norwell to the Jags, and they lost uh, Williams, one of their tackles, uh, to injury. So, I mean, the um, the Cowboys are, have a pretty decent pass rush, so they're going to get some pressure on Cam. I think that the Panthers, though, have too many options on offense with Cam running, McCaffrey out of the backfield, Olsen over the middle, uh, Funchess. That's a lot. Fade. There's That's just tons of energy. Now with DJ Moore as an addition, he does a lot uh, a lot of work running after the catch. You can also, good. You can also, obviously, just want to quick 
little point out that the obviously Cowboys offensive line, they're a strong suit, probably the best in the league when it's healthy. It's not fully healthy, it's banged up. So yeah. they're good week one against a Panthers team that's Great hungry, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Just uh just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else on that uh, in that game? Anybody else? The only reason yeah. the only reason why I didn't take the Panthers was because of the offensive line issues. So I like a lot of different matchups here in this game, but I'm not so sure how the offensive line can hold up uh, against the Cowboys and run stopping or pass rush to begin with. So that's why I, I think I might be putting something on this, but that's not one of my best plays here. Mm. I also saw this at two and a half on one. Uh, that's a big difference. That's two a, and a half. No lie, I know that sounds so. funny, but that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. It's kind of similar to the seven versus right, yeah, six, six and a half. Three and seven is great to, to watch out for. Yeah, it's one of those things. I um, I completely agree. Um, I don't know if I'm actually going to put real units on it, but for the sake of the show and what we're doing as far as our, our weekly picks, Definitely. I do have the Panthers covering. Um, again, I like them at home. Uh, what Matt said, that's actually exactly what I was going to chime in with, that the offensive line's banged up. Um, if, if I'm game planning for the Cowboys, I'm going to stop Zeke. Uh, that's what I'm going to go That's for, it. Yeah. and I'll let Dak Prescott beat me from the po- from the pocket. I don't think it's going to happen, especially very often. with their receiving core being pretty yeah. slim. Yeah. I think ranked actually coming into the season as the worst. Second to third last, totally. it was really bad. So I think right. again, you could also look at it, make a point that say, hey, you know, week one, getting that kind of that slap in the face against again, in terms of the public eye as being the worst receiving core. Maybe that's a chip on their shoulder to say, hey, you know, week one, let's come out with something. Again, we don't really know. Again, yeah. really time will tell how that goes. But on paper, again, what the guys are saying, based on what they see, yeah. face value, they just there's a lot of negatives with the Cowboys. Yeah, obviously. so basically if you don't love it, then don't touch yeah, it. Just why yeah. would you touch yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so guys, that was the best place for week one from the gang. We're going to move on to the two total plays. And again, this is going to be two total plays per person. So, Guys, get us going. So first one, uh, we alluded to it earlier. I have the Texans and Pats under here. Uh, it's at 51. You're looking at the highest total uh, of the week so far. you got tons of question marks on offense for both sides. I know that sounds weird to hear Patriots have question marks. I shouldn't say ton of question marks because you obviously have Tom Brady. He fills a lot of holes. But, you know, there's a lot of opportunities here for the ball to just kind of be turned over and just punted around, especially when you match up. Uh, the good defensive teams that you have here. You don't think the Patriots are good defensively, but Belichick has a, and I know week one last year, he did not prove that he was a good defensive mind. But as you go from week one to week eight, they really, really improved. They went from literally last, last year, till middle of the season. They were the best from the middle of Mm -hmm. the season on. So I think this under is kind of safe here. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere. And if you guys remember, they played in the playoffs uh, with Osweiler and they got to 50. So that's still manages to grab the under here so this is going to be one of my one of my plays here yeah and it, i have the same exact thing i have the under of houston new england i actually mentioned it when i was discussing the game and um again it's same take as earlier i think that vegas is overvaluing deshaun watson they think that he's going to come back and light it up because that's the um kind of play into the public knowledge they some people will see this line and go wow it's tom brady versus deshaun watson ignoring the other 20 guys on the field mm, yeah. and be like wow they're each going to score 35 but it's one of those things where I, I just don't see it happening i think new england at home defense is a little bit better and again watson's going to have to shake off some of that rust so mm-hmm. i really do like the under in this one yeah i completely agree that's also one of my total plays all right well, i have the under as well there it's it is so, sharps. what'd you expect so yeah. if you're listening uh i definitely think that you should take this and i'm going <laughs> to call back to something else that we discussed and this actually happens a lot when i when i look at games that i want to bet and i also 
Um, I noticed the over-unders in those games specifically. It's very rare that, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just an outlier or a square in this <laughs> aspect, <laughs> but it's very rare that I'll take like a couple games with points and um, against the spread and then look to a random game and say, okay, I'll take the over in this one. Yeah. Um, it's usually games that I'm researching because I'm more informed of those games and be like, okay, I think this, this, and this. And one of those things that we hashed out for the first 10 minutes of the episode I have the over of the Chargers and the Chiefs. I think, again, I went into the points per game at home. The Chargers have 20, 25.6 yards, or not yards, points per game when they're when they're home. Even yeah, though Yards per game would be yeah, incredibly bad. They would be 0-16 for <laughs> to, to infinity. But it's one of those things where I just really think week one they're going to come out of the gate. Um, the Chiefs aren't going to know how to react to not having Peters. I, I see um, some big chunk passing plays. Um, a little bit of an X factor in that game that I actually didn't bring up to defend the Chargers because I feel like I would be laughed out of the room. Um, I really think Austin Eckler is going to get into more of a gadget kind of role this year. I really see them dumping the ball off to him. I, last year, uh, a lot of people are, are thinking, oh, that's Melvin Gordon's handcuff. He's a little bit more than that. I mean, he could pay, he, he does everything well. He blocks well. He runs well. Blocking is actually very important. If you oh, yeah. And that's something for fantasy two season long. You want to look for that because – if the coaches start falling in love with the guy, they're more inclined to start getting them the ball. Mm-hmm. So um, I like Eckler in this game as kind of like a gadget play. If you're really um, up against the wall, we're going to go into daily fantasy. But if you're up against the wall and you need some value, maybe not week one, but someone to keep in the back of your mind. Austin Eckler as an X factor, you know, out of the backfield. Melvin Gordon running the ball. You got Keenan Allen. You got all the reasons. And then you got Mahomes, you know, big play. Joe had mentioned maybe he's going to. Um, catch the Chargers off guard and really put up some points. you got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. The star power alone just um, leads to a high over. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to say, again, look at Mahomes' uh, Mahomes's? Mahomes ability, <laughs> but you can look at what he's done in the preseason. You can look at what he's, what like he literal his makeup. He's huge. He's athletic. You don't take a guy like that to not do well. He's, he's projected... Uh, very well under Andy Reid. They got rid of Alex Smith for a reason. So I can't disagree, but I won't be taking any action here. Yeah, I think that's a great point, obviously. I think with, with Mahomes, unlike what we've, again, what we're accustomed to seeing with Smith, again, last year was a little bit different. He statistically had a really good year, Smith. I think with Mahomes, you're going to probably get a lot of uh, – you know, down the field throws, obviously, to kind of, you know, the big arm, as you just mentioned. I think he'll – throw for a, a good have a good season otherwise in terms of maybe touchdowns but I think you could also run to a, some problems possibly with interceptions I think that kind of goes hand in hand mm-hmm. a young quarterback kind of airing the ball out he's going to get his his big games probably he may get those games where he has three touchdowns two picks maybe 350 yards yeah. he gets the big numbers but he, again if you're kind of have to take into consideration you can't just look at what well, three touchdowns 300 yeah but two interceptions when did they come in the game yeah I just of course. wanted to add that in there as well again you got to take the good with the bad that you could possibly get with Mahomes in his first year. And when it comes to over-unders, sorry, I didn't mean you're to good, no, trump good. you. When it comes to over-unders, if you're throwing in um, something like turnovers, who knows, maybe it's a really bad pick and it's pick six. Right. Yeah. Boom. You got seven points on the board and the other team gets the ball back. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you definitely watch I, I like the overplay there. For, for unders, you want to look to more uh, ball control, punts, <laughs> usually help running, for unders, running the ball, clock. stuff like that. Speaking of uh, punts and turnovers... Uh, my under- <laughs> I know you got everyone excited with punts and turnovers. Uh, yes. <laughs> my uh, total play here, I don't really like taking totals. I just think, you know, it's things like you mentioned before, like a, like a random pick six could happen, and that kind of throws your whole handicap completely off. Um, but if you guys are forcing me to take two, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with um, the under 48-and-a-half uh, Bengals at Colts. I don't think either of these teams can put up any kind of points in a hurry. 
Um, I'm not sold that Andrew Luck is back. I'd wait to see him play in a real fast, couple games style, like, you know, fast-paced yeah. NFL yeah. game first um, before I start, you know, con- considering him fully back, making downfield throws and things like that. And then also you go into the, the Bengals. Uh, I don't really trust Andy Dalton, even against the Colts. Uh, Not many people defense. do. <laughs> Nobody does. Or the Bengals, um, for that matter. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't see them putting up any kind of points in a hurry. That's why I got the under 48.5. I can't see why this is at 48.5. Yeah, I don't – both bad teams. I don't know why – That's on the higher end uh-huh. of the totals here. That's like 51 the is the highest. High, that's the third or fourth highest, I think. That's I think what crazy. the what the bookmakers are um, taking into credence is that Andrew Luck is kind of back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that his outlook is as bleak as it was when we did our research yeah, and thing for the yeah. AFC South. Um, he has played in the preseason. He has looked okay. I mean, obviously he was an MVP candidate before he left. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not even going that far yet. I think that he looks better than it's not like we're saying, oh, he's he has no, he has no yeah. arms now. I mean, he'll still, <laughs> he's still a decent quarterback, and I think that like the skill positions on these teams is probably boosting that that over, but again, I want to see Luck play first before I, I start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also think that they have no run game, especially with uh, Marlon Mack is in, is in question. I don't know if he's going to play, um, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that is a whole other level that they can't. I mean, if he's going to have to throw fifty times on his surgically repaired shoulder, I don't think that bodes well for him. Mm-hmm. So I like to look at four things when I take an overplay, or actually, I, I guess an underplay. You want to have two power offenses going up against two horrible defenses. So I think you get bad defenses, but I'm not so sure about the offenses. Yeah. You can make a case for Andrew Luck, but you can't make a case for the Bengals. I don't know if I, I don't know if Road Andy <laughs> Dalton is going to capitalize on a bad defense. Absolutely, man. So if we want to move on to the Falcons Eagles game, that is my second total here. I have the over on the Thursday night game, which will be tonight if you guys are listening hopefully you guys are listening to the inaugural otherwise you already have missed that game and it is on you <laughs> i just want to quickly point out that you know for week one we're obviously be covering every single game um on our weekly episodes but again moving forward the monday night and thursday night games we're gonna have uh we're gonna keep that to our social media channels for you guys to get our insight on that so i just wanted to point that out that we are covering it in this one but we're also moving forward to so expect to see that on our social media accounts definitely so my first point here, defenses are weak in the first four weeks. There's rule changes with less practices. It takes defenses, in less practices allowed in preseason, it takes defenses a little more time to get acclimated to anything. That's not an opinion, that's an actual stat. The, the over-under has been skewed in that direction for a little while now. It does take defenses a little while to get prepared. Also, the Falcons were prepared for Wentz. Now they have to kind of redo things. They prepared for two, three months for this game. Not yeah. literally in the film room. Obviously, I mean, now but knowing week. who the starter was going to be. Or exactly. Yeah. So they flipped that. The Falcons are going to be. I love this play, by the way. The Falcons mm-hmm. are going to be humiliated with the Eagles, kind of similar to what the Patriots did to the Chiefs last year on their field where they had every scoreboard 28 to 3 in the home opener. And the Eagles are going to be flaunting everything. And you know the Philly fans are just going to. Just be horrible people about it. <laughs> so the Falcons are going to literally have to sit there and watch all this stuff take place. Mm-hmm. The banner that, being raised. Oh, man, like that. that is yeah. such a motivational edge. Just ask the, the Chiefs how they did last year. Now, I could be wrong, but I, I believe, Mikey, you had mentioned that someone on the Eagles was very – Upset that they had like the Malcolm Jenkins. Up. Yeah, that was it. it was Malcolm he, Jenkins. He pretty much ordered yeah, the actual ordered team to take those things down in the locker room and stuff to pretty much say, mm-hmm. "Hey, that's that's everyone the zero and zero yeah. now." And he's so, on the defense, so that shows. Yeah, he's very scared. He knows the over is going to hit here. <laughs> no, but I think that that, that kind of um, it doesn't like dispute 
you're it adds just, to it. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like you're saying, like you know, will the Eagles come out flat and they're in yeah, celebration they, mode yeah, and stuff? Yeah. I I think that um, maybe the offense will, but I don't really see it with the defense. Um, I just think that now that. The, Way to go, public. Now the Eagles are home <laughs> yeah. dogs again. So we're going to see those stupid damn masks again. <laughs> I just think that, um, I don't know, it, it, it stinks to me. I like the Falcons at, you know, five and a half getting getting points. Now that the Eagles are home dogs, I just don't like it. I can't I believe mean, they're home dogs again. Yeah, they're home dogs. I, I, first game, they're home dogs. Yeah, I really don't like this. I don't like this one at all. Um, I, I do like the over. For what it's worth, I think that again, Joe, exactly what you said. I know that they changed a lot of different rules when it comes to penalties, lowering helmets, yeah. uh, going low on quarterbacks. I know in the preseason there was a couple of sacks that I saw that were clean NFL tackles yeah. that were 15 yeah. yard penalties, and you know that's something to, to consider. That for week one, yeah, everyone's a little bit rusty. Um, I think defenses kind of show a little bit more. Uh, the one, the one handicap that I kind of bring back is in 2011. They had a lockout that basically only lasted from June to about mid July and uh, beginning of August. And in that year, three quarterbacks threw for 5,000 yards. So it affects defenses a lot more than it affects offenses. It's kind of easy. You can just get into the flow of things as long as you get the chemistry between quarterbacks and wide receivers. Um, and again, you know, starting a quote unquote backup quarterback, not bad when your backup quarterback's a Super Bowl MVP who's worked with this team before. So um, I like the over for what's worth. I like the Eagles too, but uh, you know, it's only because of the point spread. Same. I like them being dogs. And when you look at just good old-fashioned talent again, the Eagles have an above-average offense still, and the Falcons are kind of poised to bounce back. Like uh, the coaches are on the hot seat. Can they? There's all the question marks around the offense. Can they do this? Can they do that? This is going to be a high-scoring game. I feel pretty confident in this play here. So yeah, guys, you heard the total plays. Uh, we're just going to keep moving right along here with our one derivative bet each for the guys, and um, I think Dean's looking uh, to get us started here. Yeah, so I already gave you guys the nugget, um, I guess, before the segment started about um, Denver and Seattle, how they were ranked um, in last year's first half scoring. I also have that in the Tennessee-Miami game. Tennessee was 21st in the league in first half scoring. Miami was dead last in first half scoring. And of course, that was a team with Jay Cutler and not Ryan Tannehill. That's fine. I don't really see much of that changing. Um, I just could see this one being a slow, grinded out game. Um, you know Vrabel's a defensive guy. You know Adam Gase um, just got Frank Gore. I see a lot of um, run-run punts in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Kind of feeling each other out like a couple jabs in the in the first half maybe um take that under or, or look for what that underline is and then kind of take that yeah my uh, derivative is the one that you mentioned earlier with the seahawks uh, and the broncos game i got the seahawks under first half um i think they're going to struggle to adjust to the new and improved pass rush of the broncos they were a little downtrodden last year um, i think chris harris is going to lock up baldwin who's not 100 percent and then you got the pass rushes with von miller chubb uh, and, and all those guys uh, on the line, and also the linebacking crew, and they're going to completely shut down the Seahawks' lack of offense. So I, I agree with you guys, both takes. Um, I will not be taking any action on that because I already have something on the Seahawks-Broncos, and because I've already made it up in my mind that I'm going to be fading the Dolphins and the Titans. However, my uh, derivative bet here will be the Giants' team total. Their team total, they're projected to score 20 and a half points this Sunday. Um, if you guys notice, that's actually the same as the Bucks. They're within a, a half a point of the Bucks. Now, I'll just ask you this question. Who, whose offense is better? Even if you consider the matchup that they're going, or like the defensive matchup that they're going up against, who, who would you rather take to score 21 points, the Giants or the Bucks? 
Um, it's great that you're bringing up Tampa Bay right now because I have a lot actually that I want to unpack on that game, yeah. or not a lot. I, I, it's a couple couple good um, facts. But to answer your question, I would rather the Giants. I just think I like their weapons this year. But I think the line is that low because of the Jaguars' defense again. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas only goes on what they see. And what they saw last year was a dominant um, Jacksonville defense. I see with the dominant pass defense, but also their run defense was one of the worst in the league. So you uh, throw in future Hall of Famer and stud all yeah. around, yeah. Saquon Barkley. I think he's going to have a just. He's going to eat. I know he's going to eat. Better he's line. Gonna, yeah, he's going to eat. Yeah. So I know that you meant that Joe was mentioning the Bucks. I have a couple things right now that on my bookie they're at ten and a half. Of course, that line might change a little bit. Um, I I saw it as low as nine. I saw it at ten. I saw it all over the place. So really, I did some stats about double digit um, home or double digit home favorites. Double-digit spreads, um, specific to Week One. Historically, New Orleans is four and twelve covering double-digit favorites. Hmm. Um, so that's just something to think about. Tampa Bay is four of seven when they are double-digit dogs. So it's just something to think about. Um, you know, playing the percentages of past years. Uh, of course, you want to take into this year's current thing, but I just think that that ten points, something to avoid Week One. I think that unless you know, we always say gun to my head. Yeah, okay, fine. I like the Saints in this game, but ten points, a lot could happen. You're it's you're now asking the team to do <clears throat> two different things. So let's just say Tampa Bay somehow plays them close in the third quarter. Now you're asking for two scores out of the Saints, which I think gets a little bit more dicey than um, predicting a blowout. Week One blowout. I mean, you have to. You have to consider yeah. Tampa Bay has a bunch of um, guys that their job is to prepare for the Saints. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think the Bucks will be blown out of games, but I don't necessarily know in week one. And I think the line's a little bit too close to take it. Especially a week one division game. Mm-hmm. These teams know each other very well. They've obviously played each other for how long? Twice a year. Um, the coaches know each other. The players know each other. So I agree with that. I like the uh, gun in my head on taking the Bucks with the plus 10. Mm-hmm. The Saints being four and twelve means that they just regularly underperform. Yeah. So what, when know. people like them, they don't show up, and that that goes yeah. to say something um, about the mentality of the team and also public perception. When the Saints are getting bet a lot, they're not as good as what people think. So maybe this is yep. a situation this year. And again, you want to avoid aging teams. And Drew Brees, we is another year older. Mm-hmm. Right. So moving right along, we're going to do our, d- our daily fantasy plays. Of course, um, each person's going to go with one. So let's start off with Dean here. Yeah, so I'm just going to give you my lineup um, really quick. Just something to consider. Uh, we're doing Sunday only. We're, we're excluding the Thursday game. We're excluding the Monday night games. I know there's two this week. So my lineup is as follows. I like Sam Bradford against Washington. Now, I know you're saying, oh, he's going to get hurt. But week one, he should be good. Last year, week one, he was fine. This year, he looks pretty poised and ready. At 5,200, I think that's a pretty safe bet. And again, just kind of going into um, who I am as a daily fantasy player. I don't like to overextend for quarterbacks specifically. I feel like the discrepancy between the number one quarterback and like the number six quarterback um, is too minor to really splash for the Rodgers or the Breeze or the Brady. Um, actually, I got an email from DraftKings, and last year Case Keenum was my number one picked player overall. And a lot of times it's got 5,200, 5,300, something like that. So my next pick, I'm going to go Alex Collins um, playing Buffalo. They're horrible and he's good. Even though I, <laughs> uh, even though one time I kind of disputed it saying that uh, Buck Allen is kind of a guy that can take carries. I just really see that the um, Ravens are going to be crushing them, that they're going to have to run out of the clock. So I see uh, Collins getting a lot of carries. 
So I think that's a pretty safe one. I like Derrick Henry as well against Miami. Again, Derrick Henry's the greatest player that has ever been <laughs> that born. That is also correct, yes. Uh, the, the greatest human to ever be conceived by two people. <laughs> so Derrick Henry, I think he's going to ha- have a monster game. Um, and again, Tennessee might just be beating up on them, and they're going to be running out the clock. So one of my one of my main chalk plays here, Antonio Brown, wide receiver at 8,600. That's fine. I don't mind splashing a little bit of cash, especially with no levy on Bell. I think that they're going to have to pass every down. Um, if you disagree with some of my list, look for Juju Smith-Schuster. And also, um, James Washington, third wide receiver, had a big preseason, someone that I highlighted on the fantasy episode as well. Um, as far as value goes, the next guy, I got Keelan Cole, 3,800 against the, the Giants. He's a starting wide receiver along with Dante Moncrief. Moncrief just got the big contract, but Keelan Cole's kind of outperformed him. So I think 3,800 is probably the lowest he's ever going to be all season. Now, I got Will Fuller as my next wide receiver, 5,100. I really like his speed, but he has a little bit of a hammy issue. Um, so, yeah, so he's technically questionable right now. So it's something that I, I'm putting a pin in. If not, then I'm going to go to a different option. Probably someone... Um, safe that I know. So, again, he's 5,100, so just look for someone around the 5,000 mark uh, contingency plan. And, of course, we'll be tweeting out our daily lineups and stuff. Um, Tight end, I got Jack Doyle against the Bengals. Um, I've kind of flip-flopped a couple times. I, he's 3,600 and Eric Ebron's 3,300. I actually might revise that to Eric Ebron. I think that he has a little bit better rapport with luck so far based on what I'm hearing in the in the uh, preseason. Then my flex, again, going chalk. I got David Johnson at 8,800. I don't mind splashing. And it's funny. I got through my two running backs, and you're thinking, wow, no no Johnson, no Zeke, no Gurley. I went Johnson. I put him in the flex just because of you know I like to build from value down. I got David Johnson 8,800. I think it's fine. He's going to be the number one scorer running back this week against the Redskins because they don't stop the run at all in their home. And then, of course, defense. The only play here is the Baltimore Ravens playing against Nathan Peterman, who we all know threw five picks in one half. Now, that's not to say that he's a shoo-in to throw another five picks, but suffice to say uh, he's just taking the body blows until they're ready to go to Josh Allen. Also Baltimore at home, too. Yep. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, so I got a few similar uh, picks as we go down the line here. Uh, quarterback, you mentioned Case Keenum. How you picked him a bunch last year. I'm taking him this week. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Against the Seahawks. Uh, they have a bad secondary. Um, like you said, I don't really have to spend up for quarterback. Really, the quarterback, the, the old tale is quarterback can get you 250 yards, two touchdowns on DraftKings. That's enough. Um, so I think he, can, he has the capability this week to do that at 5,100. First running back. I have. I mentioned him before. Uh, he was created out of uh, marble. Saquon <laughs> Barkley against the terrible Jags run defense. I think he also uh, helps out his value here at 6,700. Um, well, first off, he's a future Hall of Famer, so what are you putting him at 6,700 for? Get him right. before he gets to 9,000 this year. Uh, but he also catches a lot of balls out of the backfield, and he lines up in the slot. Full point PPR, that'll definitely help out a lot uh, with his value. Same goes for my second running back, Christian McCaffrey at 6,400. Um, Cam obviously loves to throw him the ball. The offensive, offensive coordinator, North Turner, loves to uh, get him the ball as well. Um, the full-point PPR is going to help out his value a lot. First receiver, I have Keenan Allen of the Chargers. Kind of alluded to it earlier uh, when we went over the Chargers game. I think that the, the Chiefs having such a terrible pass defense are going to have no answer for Keenan Allen. He's going to get a bunch of targets, a bunch of receptions, maybe a touchdown or two. So I can definitely see a uh, seven catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown for Keenan Allen. Uh, you mentioned before Keelan Cole, have him as my second receiver. Um, really hoping they put Eli Apple on him because Eli Apple. Ooh, uh, can you imagine? I he's, forgot he existed for a minute. He's so horrible. Bad. So he'll blow him up. Obviously, what led the league in, re- in receiving, I think, like uh, the pet last four years, four uh, weeks of last year. 
Um, so I'm definitely looking him. He's definitely value play at 3,800. Uh, third receiver, I have Emmanuel Sanders. Kind of link that up with Case Keenum. Um, I don't really think he's you know have going to blow the, the doors off the, uh, and, the game here. And how much was Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, he is five thousand. So that's something that pairs nice with my uh, Will Fuller. Um, when Mikey said you know. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, I, my ears perked up because that's who I was playing around with, either Fuller or Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it depends on what your lineup. I like Sanders, like. yeah, especially with no Byron Maxwell for the Seahawks. Uh, you know, that's a worse corner, obviously, going to be on Sanders. I would imagine the, the best corner, whoever it is. I honestly can't name any Seahawks corners. That's <laughs> yeah. how much I hate more yeah. defense. Uh, yeah, the other, anymore. the Griffin with two hands uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know Sanders likes to go over the middle yeah. uh, on slants and stuff and they're starting Shaquem Griffin the guy with mm-hmm. one hand what's he gonna do he's not gonna pick it off yeah, he pick it off. <laughs> sorry Shaquem we've really been you know going up and he's probably a good guy. guy yeah no he's, he's really, really good like, at football just not <laughs> catching the <ball>. yeah. <laughs> I mean I although he can good. he can catch the ball I wouldn't be that good either if I had one hand <laughs> I'd be horrible if but, I had one hand uh, <laughs> Going into my tight end play again, as like you, I have Jack Doyle. Check out this stat. Andrew Luck's average depth of target. So for his career, it's hovering around the nine yards range. This preseason, 5.7 yards. Mm-hmm. That bodes very well for tight ends on the Colts. Um, I do like Doyle better than Ebron. I just feel like Ebron kind of has been a flop his whole career. Doyle had a great year last year. Um, so I really think that he's the better play. Uh, even though I think he's about 200 or 300 more expensive. Yeah. Uh, Doyle is at 3,600. My flex play, like you, I have David Johnson. He's just going to run all over the Redskins. Really don't need to cover that much anymore. Uh, defense, I am going with your Tennessee Titans <laughs> nice. uh, against the surprise, Dolphins. Surprise. Uh, tell me you can't see Ryan Tannehill throwing two pick sixes this <laughs> He hasn't played in a year and a half. He hasn't thrown really in a But knowing your luck, it'll go the other way. Well, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the winds have changed. <laughs> so you might want to go Dolphins defense because I'm totally going to be wrong. I'm very impressed. You guys did a lot of research. You did some yes. great takes. Mm-hmm. But if I like your DFS takes, what does that say about your DFS takes? <laughs> That's true. Oh, well, I think man. it's because um, a lot of times when you go into these contests, you don't see everyone's reason behind the guys. I mean, you could have good reasons to just pick bad guys. I, aka, every single time I didn't win last year. Uh, the reasons are right, but it's one of those things where again, it could change um, as the week goes on. Of course, when I find out more about Will Fuller, etc. Yeah, I mean, there's a few other guys with value like Stefan Diggs against the Niners. I like him. Um, Andy Dalton, even though I yeah. kind of buried him before against the Colts, I think he can get you to that two touchdown, 250 yard range. So, I mean, obviously, you guys are your own people. You don't mm-hmm. have to listen to me at all. Yep. Um, but I think I'm going to be doing millionaire, the millionaire maker on DraftKings nice. uh, this week, and I'm going to be a millionaire the next time you hear about <laughs> We're going to move along to our lock tease fade segment. Of course, I know this, uh, this one's been on the minds of uh, the gang for quite some time, and I could see them chomping at the bit to get this one going. Yeah, so I'm going to start with my lock of the week. I got the Ravens at minus seven and a half, like I, like I just mentioned in the Daily Fantasy segment. Um, I really think that playing against Nathan Peterman is really why I'm taking this. Uh, McCoy is playing, who is far and away the most talented player. So once they lose him, I don't see the Bills winning any games. But for week one, Nathan Peterman can't move the ball. They're not very good. They don't have wide receivers. They don't have anything besides Shady. So I could see the Ravens just really hammering them. Got it at 6.5. Um, it's at 7.5 now. I would honestly be fine with um, anywhere under double um, digit. A million and a half. I'd be, de- <laughs> I'd be fine with it as long as it wasn't 10 or, or more because of the double digit um, dogs right, right. take yeah. that I had. But that's my lock of the week. I'm scared away by that. I you have a great handicap, but I'm just scared with the big. I just week one. I want to stay away from any kind of big, big spread here. But uh, totally respect your take. My lock is the New York Giants against the Jags. The Giants will be getting three points at home. I actually got them at three and a half, which is why I made this my lock. I have several different reasons here that make up my handicap. 
the new coaching staff. Now you can say that they're not proven, which I've I've heard that before. But you look at what Shermer was able to do in Minnesota with the pieces that they lost, and now they've upgraded. At I mean, you can put an asterisk next to upgraded at quarterback. You know, that's mm-hmm. subject to debate. But definitely upgraded at running back, upgraded at uh, wide receiver in Odell, and they got half the line shirt up from last year. Mm-hmm. So they have a motivation to prove that they belong as a head coach or as a, just a, a new coaching staff in general, as well as Shermer as a head coach. The run-stopping matchup here is awesome. I think the Jags gave up more than four yards a carry last year. Barkley should do extremely well. Now the Giants are super healthy. The Jags were super healthy last year, so they have some bad luck kind of waiting for them. So being three points at home here in a home opener with new everything for the Giants, there is just no way for me that the Giants can can even lose this game. I think I might throw something on money line here for the Giants. And you also have evidence. Just want to add that yeah, another uh, another asset for uh, Eli Manning to have at his disposal is Evan Ingram. Yeah, so sure. that we I mm-hmm. know like heavy target yeah, last yeah. year and at that tight end position. Yeah, so and the Jags just, uh, little X's and O's here. The Jags run. Uh, a lot of zone to the middle of the field with the linebackers, mm-hmm. and Evan Ingram will do a, a very good job of getting in between that, just kind of sitting. That's going to be a really good play for Eli. Yeah, I mentioned my lock earlier is the uh, Cardinals at home. Pick them as where I got them. They're a minus one right now. You know, they might fluctuate with that line a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, really nothing more to say. Redskins are terrible against the run. David Johnson is one of the best backs in the league, uh, and I think the spread is disrespectful to the Cardinals. So to go the opposite of a lock, um, I got my fade of the week. And it's something that I really think that a lot of people um, who, you know, I'm not going to call them squares, but I definitely know that a lot of people, you know, hard knocks is fresh in their minds. Mm. So I think my number one fade game is Cleveland against uh, Pittsburgh. Again, I think that it's just way too unpredictable. I think that the Steelers are a little bit more uh, shook from the Le'Veon Bell thing and actually now living with the reality that he's not showing up week one. And I also think that the Browns are a little bit much improved. They have a lot to prove. I mean, all of their practices, their OTAs, the nitty gritty of really what makes them tick was shown to America. So I really think that this is just way too, um, it's going to fluctuate way too much. I have literally no idea. Um, I guess if I had a lean, I would probably take the Browns to cover. When's the last time anyone's it, ever said it? Just, it just hurt saying it, but uh, that's my number one fade of the week. As a guy who took the Browns to cover a lot last year, because I thought there's no way they lose this much again, uh, I will not be taking the I'm also fading this game, uh, though, as well. This is my fade of the week. Um, also, the, you mentioned the offensive line with the whole Bell situation. They're really starting to quit on him. Saw some quotes today. Uh, uh, Ramon Foster, who's kind of the leader of that line, said, you know, Bell makes seven times more than me and twice as much as uh, Villanueva. You know, what's he doing? He should get get back on the field. So I really think they're starting to quit on him and, you know, that kind of, just having that kind of distraction in the locker room doesn't bode well. That said, I think the Browns are terrible still. Hugh Jackson is half a man. Uh, yeah. I, I will fight you, Hugh, uh, if you're listening. But he, you know, I the four, as you mentioned, the the line is four. You mentioned earlier the uh, when the line is four to six and a half. Yeah. How bad that is for mm-hmm. uh, the team getting points. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just there's a lot of question marks for me here. Mm-hmm. I do think that the Steelers are going to win. Um, I don't know if the Browns will ever beat the Steelers again. 
But uh, also a little nugget here. Did you know that Ben Roethlisberger is the most winningest quarterback in the Browns uh, stadium? Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, too. You, you had mentioned that you covered the Browns to um, cover the spread last year a lot. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were 4-12 and 12 against the spread. Yeah. So I covered a quarter of the time. I, I think that this week one is just a little bit too uh, volatile. Joe, what is your fate of the game? Right. So I, I alluded uh, to the fade that I had earlier. It was Dolphins-Titans. And I kind of ran through the litany of reasons. Again, I think when you see too many question marks, no one's forcing you to take this game here unless you got a gun to your head like we put the proverbial gun <laughs> to each other's head. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to not even touch this one, guys. I don't want any part of this. All right, guys. So now I will lead us into the, the next part of the segment of the lock tease fade. This is the tease portion of it. Sorry, I went, went a little bit out of order. So I'm actually going to mention two <laughs> games that we haven't mentioned and that we won't be mentioning <laughs> moving forward. These are the two Monday night games, actually. I really do like the Jets starting Sam Darnold uh, week one, I think, with a tease. And for a teaser, we're going six-point, right? A very standard yep, six-point teaser. You can pick yours. Yeah, so a teaser, for That's those... <laughs> honestly, going to explain to the audience. Yeah, uh, a yeah, teaser yeah. is basically... Uh, a parlay that you're just inflating the lines a little bit. Uh, also worth mentioning, when you do do parlays, uh, I know that our stance of the podcast is they're pretty square, but it is something that I like to do because it's fun to kind of root for uh, multiple things. You could usually get multi-team for a couple units, and then you get huge payouts if they hit. Last year I had a seven-team one. Um, so it's kind of a fun way to watch football. If you're not really too invested, I wouldn't put a lot into it. But my tease, so it's all the lines are getting six points. So I like the Jets. Uh, now with the tease, they're getting 13. With Sam Darnold, I just really think that um, he's looked good in preseason. I think that the Lions aren't that strong of a defense that are going to just decimate Darnold on his first start. I think he's going to look pretty competitive, kind of akin to Mitchell Trubisky's first start on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, Darnold knows he's under the lights. I, I really see them covering that. Also, um, in my teaser, has to be at least three teams. Um, I have the Rams giving four and a half points. Again, like I had said, teams that give four and a half to six and a half points cover 66% of the times. So it's two thirds. And I just really think Oakland's not that good of a team. So I like the Rams to um, now with the six points are getting two and a half. So I really like that game. And then my final tease, um, it's going to be the Bears now with Khalil Mack to cover 13 and a half. Um, against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We know he's chomping at the bit to get back. But I have seen in the past that when you get pressure off the edge on Aaron Rodgers, he tends to roll out. Now, he's good when he rolls out, don't get me wrong, but it's something that you can kind of trick a good quarterback into rolling into something else. And that's something that the Vikings do very well. They would rush on the outside with Anthony Barr, who ended up you know, on this very play that I'm describing, ended up breaking... Rodgers' collarbone, but what it is is when you get the outside pressure, you get a spy on the other end, you're leading him right into the other guy. So with Floyd and Mack, um, depends on who's going to be doing the chasing, who's going to be sitting home, even Akeem Hicks. I think that the defense is going to give them a little bit more problems. I also see um, Tariq Cohen being used as a real gadget this year. I think Matt Nagy, who was the coach of Kareem Hunt last year, is going to get a lot out of Cohen. I think that this game being primetime is not going to be as much of a layup, and I really like that 13 and a half. And that, that is my teaser. I agree, man. Sticking with the, the whole magic number theme, I try to get a really big dog here with a teaser. I don't really like to ever go, um, you know, for example, I don't have this game uh, on this side, but the Saints, if I was going to take them 
they would end up being minus three. I still don't like that in a teaser. I'd like to take a, a ton of points for a dog that I think has a reasonable shot. So with that being said, I have Bills plus 14. I think that two touchdowns is huge in week one. If it's week seven, I might rethink it. But again, using that same strategy that we've talked about, the big number in week one, you know, can't really predict a blowout in week one. I also have the Bucks plus 16. So I actually got that when the, uh, the spread was plus 10. Like I said, it might differ a little bit, but I, I, you got to make sure that you get 14 or above on a teaser. Uh, I also have the Bears as my third, and I think Mikey also has his Bears. I think that we all like that. The, the, hey, man, you're sharp, you're sharp. LGP? Yeah, LGP. Let's go Bears. So I just took the first two, but if you want to make it three, I threw in the Bears plus 14. Yeah, so I, to close out our uh, preview here of week one, I also have the Bears, as you mentioned, in the teaser. I'm actually going to do a seven-point teaser. So I got the Bears at plus 14 and a half. Uh, that two-touchdown uh, game is more comfortable than the uh, you know touchdown and field goal Absolutely. Uh, spread. So I got them. I, actually, my teaser is Lions, Vikings, Bears, oh my. That's the second time <laughs> we've used crazy. that joke there on this is. podcast. So you go against the we'll team. You, you, you uh, talk to the Lions real quick. Yeah, so let me tell you uh, this stat here, courtesy of RJ Bell on Twitter. Big nice. fans of RJ, good friend of ours. Not yeah. really. But, uh, <laughs> Not yet. So, the, <laughs> so the, the over the past two years, the Lions are 28-4 and four against the spread plus a touchdown. So mm. they do not get blown out at all. So if I can get the Lions pick them, I think that's very good value, especially looking at past history of the past two years. It's not like it's, you know, like you mentioned before with the Chargers, your, right. your 80s, 70s, and 80s stats. Well, what about 8-0 in the last four years? This actually that matters, matters yeah. dude. Um, but, yeah, in the third team, I have the Vikings. Uh, I don't think anybody here is a Vikings fan, obviously. Um, I, have <laughs> I tried so hard to stay away from everything, but it somehow that, comes out in conversation. Just that plus a half, so pretty much pick them. Uh, I just think they're a better team than the Niners. I think the Niners are a question mark still, especially with no McKinnon. Lost him for the year, unfortunately. And Garoppolo is still kind of unproven. Only had a few games last year, and now there's tape on him with the great staff of the Vikings and the great defense of the Vikings. I mean, I think that with that addition that you just said, that touches every game here. Mm-hmm. So we managed to just run through Thursday mm-hmm. through Monday here and just crush week one, guys. Yep. Yes, we did. Yeah, again, you know, just just so you guys know what to, to expect from a week-to-week basis. Um, against the spread, we're going to have a competition amongst ourselves. Um, just something kind of friendly, something fun. We're going to also have some punishments oh, for yeah. the uh, the loser. Uh, we're going to do this pretty much on every uh, every four weeks. We're going to kind of post our updates as to what's going on there. And uh, every four weeks, you guys can expect a punishment, something funny. Again, you guys will see that on our social media if you guys are following, which, again, you should be by this time. Yes, yes. Um, That's the they, reason I get up every morning. <laughs> so, right again, our guys, if you... Uh, gotten tired of me saying it. I'm going to say it again anyway. Yeah. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at the winning ticks pod T I X. And of course on Instagram at the winning ticket pod guys week one. We're done. It's in the books, baby. I can't awesome. wait for for this Sunday. Yeah, I'm, Good luck. I'm so pumped. Happy football, yes. everyone. Welcome back. Everyone guys. Thanks for the support. Good luck this week. And um, just one more guys. thing uh, real quick for you. Uh, it's only a gambling problem. If you lose. Oh yeah. Goodbye for now. <laughs>